Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. had to turn the microphones on because craig and i talked for like a half hour before we got the show started (laughs) (laughs) we're sitting there we were basically having the show without hitting record because there's just so much that you can cover this week with the pirates and then looking at like you know who's shaking loose i think that's the most interesting thing like of the first four or five days after the world series is who shakes loose who did you think was gonna shake loose that doesn't shake loose like, I, I was surprised that uh, Polanco from Minnesota, they picked up his option. That was expensive, you know? And, and, and But they were like, now we're going to keep him around. Even though he didn't play, uh, you know, an awful lot of time, that, that's a heck of a middle infielder that was going to be coming available. And I really thought and with a very weak, you know, market for middle infielders, he was going to go out and clean up. And maybe that's why Minnesota picked him up. You know, Toronto didn't pick up Whit Merrifield, but they, they picked up Polanco. So, I mean, and you see all these pitchers. Pitching is so deep this year, man. Like, the Pirates need pitching. <laughs> There's lots of it out there. You don't need to be the big spender, although it would be nice for them to start increasing this payroll right now, right? Like, you've got a lot of young talent. It'd be nice if you went out and you signed somebody to a big money deal for four or five years and said, this guy's going to be up at the top of my rotation. Yeah, and everybody's talking about how they should be you know, shopping in a different aisle. And I, I would agree with that completely. You're not going to go up into the high end, you know, organic section where everything is, is priced up, you know, out of, I mean, realistically out of the pirates range, but I mean, you could at least stop going to, you know, to a degree, the, the dollar items that you see as soon as you walk in, I mean, and they've been successful with it. I mean, Rich Hill gave them more innings that we could have ever expected. You know, Jose Quintana had a great year. Tyler Anderson had a great year. Um, But those were all like, you know, one-year deals. And you kind of, at some point in time, have to move beyond that if you want to be competitive, if you want to, you know, move towards that winning. I mean, right after the season was over in an episode, we talked about Ben Sheraton wanting to move from, you know, that 76 wins to, I mean, they talked about, you know, 84 or more wins because that would be what would get you into the playoffs. In a way, it's kind of not easy to make up those those 16 wins, you know, that they had from, or 14 wins or whatever it be from the one year to the next. It's once you start getting into the point where you are, you know, pushing towards that 500, pushing over that. Sometimes those wins are a little bit harder to come by. 
I think that, I mean, because especially you don't know what the Cubs are going to do now, that they go out and pay what the Pirates, more than what the Pirates would ever pay for a free agent to bring in a manager. Um, you don't know what the Cardinals are going to do to build back quickly. You don't know what the Brewers are going to do now. You don't know, well, you know, I know what, what the, the Cubs Reds... are going to do. The Cubs are going to go try to win. You don't They're give Craig spend, Council. Yeah. You don't give Craig Council $8 million a year for five years and reset the way that Major League Baseball managers are paid. And that was something the council, I guess, had told people that he wanted in his next deal to completely raise the bar for Major League Baseball managers. I saw some list where MLB managers were rated below hockey's highest paid, the NFL, of course, the NBA, of course, and both college basketball's highest paid and college football's highest paid. And now he ranks in there with college football, college basketball, essentially right in that range and above NHL's highest paid head coach. So, I mean, like he really reset the entire thing for the Cubs to go do that. That's because they intend to be competing in this division. So look, the Pirates have a lot going on for them, Craig, and they are coming out of a rebuild. But what they have going for them that is most important is payroll flexibility. And at some point, you cannot be the lowest payroll in Major League Baseball, all right? You, you just cannot be it. You, $68 million is not winning you the National League Central. I don't care how good of a general manager Ben Charrington is. I don't care how many prospects work out for you. I don't care how the ball bounces and how much luck is involved. You are not winning anything. You're not winning the division, and you're not going to get in there and go deep into the postseason with a $68 million payroll. And so there has to be an increase in it. So when I hear you say things like, well, you can't, you can't shop in this aisle, I go, okay, you can't shop in that aisle for every position, but you should be able to shop in that aisle if there's something you really, really want. Currently, right now, according to Spot Track for 2024, the, uh, the Pirates are only on the hook, uh, total salary, just a hair over $17 million. And when you look at their estimated arbitration and pre-arbitration salaries that they're going to have to pick up, at this current time, $44.5 million. That's it. That's what you have right now with the team in your possession. $44 million. You're already, you're all, I mean, this is crazy. You're already $24 million less than what you spent last year. So you have $24 million just to get to what you had last year that you can go out and spend right now in free agency. And if you really are serious, it's time to elevate the payroll to a $100 million payroll. Okay? It's time to elevate the payroll at least into the low 90s. It's time to start adding money. So, yeah, if you believe that Aaron Nola is a guy that you want to see at the top of your rotation for the next four or five years, you can go shop in the other aisle for your other needs, but you should be able to pick him up and give him a massive salary, even if he accounts for a fourth of your entire team's salary or a fifth of your entire team's salary, because you're going to need one or two pieces that you're going to have to pay money for. The, the idea of being frugal and cheap and staying within Bob Nutting's range, I understand that. I've always said general manager needs to understand the limitations of his owner. Okay, I can be angry about the fact that Bob Nutting is cheap, just like everybody else. Ben Cherry needs... Ben Charrington needs to understand what the limits are, but he needs to know right now going into the offseason what this guy can actually spend. And then he's got to sit there and say to himself, okay, I can go shop over here in the bargain area here, and there's a couple of dented cans that I think still have good food inside of them, but I'm walking down the organic aisle and I'm getting myself an ace. 
or I'm walking down the organic aisle and I'm getting myself a legit power hitting first baseman. Even if I'm converting somebody from say third base over to first, or I'm doing something or I'm making, I'm making some sort of a trade with my prospects and I'm bringing on somebody that has a higher contract because he can add payroll right now. If the pirates are interested in winning, I accept the 60 some million dollar payroll that they dealt with last year when it's in a non-competitive year. I don't accept that this year. And I don't think any Pirates fan should accept that this year because this is a year where they should be competing. This is a year where they should make the playoffs. Even if they miss the division, they should slide into one of those wildcard spots, which we all just watched. Teams in wildcard spots go on deep into the postseason and one of them won the World Series. So, that, you know, that's what you need to get to at this point. Sixty-some million dollars isn't going to cut it. It's time to be competitive. If you are, you can shop, I believe, in that organic section for at least one or two pieces. You just better be sure that piece is a is going to is going to work out. You got to be super confident because you can't buy too many of them. I can't disagree there, Chris. I mean, I I don't know. I guess I. I'm a Pirates fan, dude. I set myself up. I set I set my expectations a little bit lower so that, you know, maybe if they would do something like that, I could be overly excited. I mean, I kind of down. You've been beaten down into the idea that you can't afford players. And 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 the thing is is that you you actually you can afford players. There's so much revenue sharing in Major League Baseball. And this owner has spent so little over the last couple of years. You cannot tell me that he can't afford to go into the organic aisle. He can't go afford a couple of pieces, and he can't afford to raise this payroll up near $100 million, which would still have him in the well-bottom half of Major League Baseball. But that's what he's going to have to do to go be competitive. Because, you know, we always compare him to the Rays, right? We always compare the Pirates to the Rays. Like, oh, they got to do things like what the Rays do. And and, and they got to live like the Rays. Well, hold on a second. Let's, Let's be a little honest about that, okay? Tampa Bay is a ghost town. Their stadium is terrible. They, have, they, they don't get in any kind of fans, and they get very minimal support out there from their fan base. They have to be that way because they don't have the fan base to do it. Pittsburgh has the fan base. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, that place will be sold out all the time. Okay? You have the ability to raise your payroll up. You have a vibrant City and metropolitan area. This is a bigger place with with more with a more rabid fan base than Kansas City. This is a place that has a more rabid fan base than Oakland, even though they're all out there chanting sell the team. This, this guy here was rated. I'm going to tell you right now. I, rem- I will never forget it. Forbes put out the worth of every owner in Major League Baseball, and he was right next to Jerry Reinsdorf of the Chicago White Sox, who in a losing season went out and spent $162 million this past year. So don't tell me Bob Nutting has nothing. I won't accept that anymore. I accepted this when this team was building. I will not accept bottom five payroll in baseball when this team is ready to go win. That's unacceptable. I think they they definitely do need to spend more. It definitely needs to go up. I mean, my only contradiction to that or or maybe argument or rebuttal or whatever it would be to that would be if we go out and get a DeGrom and then he's injured. And I don't think we can backfill in the same way, you know, the Rangers could do. Um, They have, you know, more money. They've shown they can spend more money. They've shown they're willing to spend more money. 
I guess I'm living within those constraints. I mean, yeah. I mean, if we could get Enola, if we could get, I mean, Jordan Montgomery, who's kind of priced himself up there at that point in time to get. Yeah, one but of I don't think he's, I don't think he's as good as Nola. See, what I'm saying is, if you're going to go spend the money, get the guy that you know that you believe in. Right? You're right. Injury could hurt you, so maybe the smart move is spend the money, but spend it on a lot of depth. Right? Then I would understand it. If you're if your thing is we need two starting pitchers, well then go and we're only going to get two starting pitchers. Then go spend money on one of them that's really really good and fill in the other one, you know, with somebody that's lower down in a different aisle. You know what I'm saying? But if you're also if you're going to sit there and say, well, we want to have depth and we want to be we want to be able to deal with any kind of injury, then I could understand saying, okay, fine. But then you're adding four of them. I'm saying though, you still got to spend the money. Money's got to yeah. be spent at this point. All right, you cannot go back into the season this year and say, "Well, we're just going to let the kids play and see what happens." Okay, it's you're so deep at pitching right now in in major league uh, free agency, so deep in pitching. You either go and swing for the fences and get a big time ace up at the top and fill in in the backfill and go out there and compete this year, or you go out and you get so much depth that you're walking in with six legit starting pitchers. And one's going to be in your bullpen just in case something goes wrong. But you have so much room payroll-wise and what this man, I believe, can afford. And I won't buy. It has to be in the bottom five of Major League Baseball anymore. That you should be able to now fill in and, and get that pitching that you need. Right? And figure out what you're doing over at first base. And solidify something in the outfield if you feel like you need to add a piece out there. Okay? Because now is the time, and this is—I'm telling you right now—you do you see free agent classes sometimes that are deep, and then you see them when they are thin. Look at middle infield right now; it's thin. If you didn't have O'Neill Cruz, you'd be scratching your head right now as to what you were going to do. You need pitching, and it is deep this year. There's no guarantee it's deep in future years. It's time to go shopping. you ever see me out and about in Pittsburgh, you will always recognize me. And not just because of the white beard, but also because of the why that is always on top of my head. The hat I always wear. The Yin's brand. Proud partners with Bucks in the Basement. Three dynasties. One brand. Yin's. Finally, one brand to rep all black and gold. Follow at Shop Yin's for new merch drops and giveaways. Order online at WW Shop Yins, the emphasis on the two Z's, high quality comfort, lightweight materials, a new modern look for the black and gold, made for Yins by a Yinzer. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed. I mean, I have always said too, just because, I mean, you look at like Mitch Keller, Johan Oviedo, and then usually, you know, a mix of hopefully if Rwanzi Contreras bounces back, you know, Luis Ortiz, Quinn Priester, all those guys is like a five. But if you want to have them force themselves into the rotation, then I wouldn't be opposed to say, hey, go out and get three or four starting pitchers. To me, I feel like 
for the Pirates, it's just more depth and more options at different places. If they want to go out and get a, I, I, you said there's, you know, not a lot at a second base, but if they would want to possibly trade for a second baseman, pick up one of the, you know, little pieces that may be there. I'm not opposed to that whatsoever either. I mean, you've got Nick Gonzalez, Leo Pagaro, Jared Triolo, all fighting for that spot, but none of them that have really solidified themselves as an answer. One of them me, might get traded. One of them might yeah. actually be because other teams are looking for middle infield. If you can make the decision of which one you want to keep and there's value to another team, one of them might get moved on from so that you can bring back a piece as well. But I, I only see with Keller and the rest of the staff, like, I, I mean, I, I don't want to be too harsh, but let's say, let's say I see a two, maybe a four and a bunch of fives or guys that are deaf pieces right now in your rotation. You need to add to your pitching staff. And it's definitely, it's clear. It's clear that that needs to happen. I mean, there's there's something that, that needs to be done. But like I said, I, I think before we hopped on the show here, I just, I, I think that people get into the thing of, you know, somebody will be blocked, like a Paul Skeens or a Jared Jones would be blocked in the in the rotation if, if you bring in, you know, more than those two guys. I, I don't believe in that. Like, I would think that it's if that guy is good enough and and makes himself a part of that. I mean, you brought up uh, Brandon Fott for, for Arizona, who ended up being, you know, a pretty big piece in the uh, rotation for them, especially in the playoffs towards the end of the season, didn't make the, the opening day rotation because they had built depth and they made him force himself on. Both I mean, of the teams think, in the World Series were like that, right? I mean, the Rangers, yeah. like, they lost – they lost to Graham. Scherzer was injured for a good portion of the year. Even they didn't even have him at the beginning. Then they brought him in, and then they were. It was like he's he's okay. He's not okay because he's old, and he really, you know, he's surviving. He's right here at the end of his career, making a ridiculous amount of money. They had other injuries as well uh, throughout the, throughout the season that are pitching staff. They were they they had all kinds of problems, and they but they they had built depth. And you look at what was going on in Arizona. Fought, fought was not like he didn't win the job, but look at what a big piece that he was. The Pirates don't have that right now. I mean, like right now, I mean, like the Pirates, they don't have that kind of depth that's on their pitching staff. They don't they don't even have enough to really field, in my opinion, five legit starting pitchers for next year. Okay. And what I'm saying is if you're like, well, this guy could work out or this guy could bring it back or this guy could take the next step, that's great. Those guys are the guys that are, should be fighting to get on the roster. They shouldn't have a set spot. If you're really going to compete, they shouldn't have a set spot. Yeah. And if you have, I mean, you're talking about one of the places that, I mean, at some point in time, I think we thought, or at least it was kind of, I don't know, sold to us, or maybe you know, just from what they showed um, is we thought that maybe we wouldn't need, you know, more depth in the outfield. Because I mean, if you look back about two years, I mean, we were thinking to ourselves, okay, we have Jack Swinsky, we have Brian Reynolds, we have Cal Mitchell, we have Kanan Smith and Jigbo, we have Travis Swaggerty. We have all these guys and we started listing just like a bunch of names. Well, I mean, at this point in time, it's, it's Brian Reynolds and, you know, because of his power and if he can take another step forward, obviously, you know, Jack Sawinski, but beyond that, you have, you know, Joshua Palacios, you have uh, Connor Joe, who's a part-time player. So, I mean, if you can upgrade there, do that as well. And the point that I was getting to at second base was that, I mean, we had talked ourselves into, you know, coming into this season that Rodolfo Castro may have been an answer because he was, you know, over a two war player during the previous season. And we see him coming to this year and fall apart. 
I mean, you can't really, I don't think, I mean, you can let it be like an open competition between a few of those guys, but I mean, I'd also, it be, wouldn't be a bad idea to have a guy who is a, an actual major leaguer and has proven it and done it in that position and have those guys fight to be over top of him. I mean, that's where I'm getting down to this is Chris is that, I mean, you, you try to make up the 40 man roster and you try to make up that 26 man roster. And a lot of times it's been like, where are holes? Where is there not a ton of depth? And we can like kind of plug those places, you know, for right now, I think that you've kind of got to the point where it's just like, okay, these guys are starting to show us who they are, like in a Jack Sawinski. I mean, he's still young. Could he work himself into being, you know, a possible all-star lover caliber player? I mean, yeah, I mean, he could. But also, wouldn't you want to bring in a guy who's, I don't know, better than Jack Sawinski and have Jack Sawinski be fighting for the third spot? That To me, that's where it's like, yes, starting pitching is is number one at this point in time. I mean, it has to be. And I, I feel like, like you said, you could go in a couple of different directions. If you get a guy that you think that you could put in to the top of the rotation and you can solidify that and it's, you know, going out there and spending a little bit more money than we're used to and that it seems like I'm comfortable with to a degree, then, then that's fine. But then also, I mean, you look at, you know, injuries, you look at regressions, you look at, you know, progressions, you know, are these things going to come together? And for me, it's like, okay, get color and get Oviedo and then bring in like four guys and let everybody slug it out. And whoever doesn't make it, you know, like you said, they go to the bullpen. If, if I, Paul Skeens has to come up at the beginning of his career and he's not a, you know, guaranteed starter five times a week and you have to use him out of the bullpen during his rookie season and you're actually competitive. Is that a bad thing? The same thing with like a Jared Jones. Hopefully you hope he fights his way into the rotation, but if he can't even make the rotation and he's still being in the bullpen, which we've seen with, you know, a lot of guys that have come up in their first year. Is that really a bad thing? Look at Grayson Rodriguez from the Orioles. I mean, that's a high end pitching prospect. That was like beginning of the year. Everybody's like, well, it's just a matter of time until he gets here. And when he got up there for that stretch run for that team, he was pitching once every seven days. They Because they were just trying to find time that they could fit him in there. And they, and they were just using him when they felt like it was time to use him because he's young. And because, again, these guys, they, it's a longer season when they get to Major League Baseball. And, and they're young. And they're still getting used to putting innings on their arm. You cannot rely on guys that are currently in the minor leagues coming up and giving you 200 innings of high-quality pitching. It doesn't happen. And so you're not blocking anybody by making sure that you have a, a valid pitching staff. And when I go around the horn on this team, let's just, we'll just do a quick exercise here. You, you look at your catcher position. You got Andy and you got Henry Davis. I would imagine you feel secure in that position, right? Yeah, and with delay is the uh, probably a backup at some like I I like him as that depth and yeah I mean and they'll probably pick up a guy on a minor league deal and and stash him in in AAA who's you know a veteran and that's that's solidified for me. There's no moving on that. All right, so I move up to first base. Who do you think is going to be the first baseman? You uh, think the Carlos, first baseman's even on the team? 
I don't think the first baseman's on the team. I and mean, we've heard Carlos Santana. We've heard I've heard Reese Hoskins. You know, thrown out there as a guy they would like. Brandon Belt. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of different things. You know, some trades to be made. But I don't think that the actual starting first baseman is on this team. All right. So you need a first baseman. Who do you think is going to be the second baseman? That's where, like, I kind of go into this. Is that I mean, I went into a rant before. I mean, I feel like maybe if they don't get anybody that could be better than those guys immediately, it's going to be a competition of whoever's left if they're not traded between Jared Triolo, Leover Figuero, and Nick Gonzalez. But I still wouldn't mind upgrading that position either. Right. I mean, here's the thing. Like, if I were to look at you and say, you could bring in a 35-year-old Whit Merrifield or Elvis Andros, you you probably wouldn't want them, right? Because they're, they're, no. they're older. Okay. And then you'd be looking maybe 32-year-old Tony Kemp, and then very very close on the list, probably, if I'm just looking at guys with their wins above replacement over the last couple of years that play second base, we would get to Adam Frazier again. So, I mean, I don't know if you've got a lot of options middle infield to upgrade, so I don't think that you probably go out and do it because you have other things that you need to upgrade. So yeah. you might you might be working internally at second. Now, your shortstop's clearly O'Neill Cruz, right? Yeah, and that's okay. like a given. And your third baseman's clearly Cabrian Hayes, and you're not going to go out and upgrade either one of those positions unless you do something really crazy. And like, let's say you go out and you get like Matt Chapman, and you say, "Well, we've got two guys that can play third, and they could both move over to first base, and let's play some games." But I don't think anything like that is happening. <laughs> not, no. So I mean, so you got your shortstop, your third base, your catcher already solidified, and you're probably not going out and upgrading second base. So when you're infield, it's a first baseman. That you, that you need to go out and you need to upgrade for sure. You look out in the outfield, you got Brian Reynolds. And then I think at that point, you need outfielders, right? I mean, like, I you definitely need one, right? And you probably need, and, and you, you might want to get, you might want to splurge on two. I think you definitely need to add one outfielder to your team. Even if, you, even if you're a big Jack Sawinski fan, you got to add one more outfielder, right? Yeah, I mean, because like I said, you have Joshua Palacios and you have Connor Joe, who, I mean, I guess it could be a platoon, but I mean, obviously you want to upgrade that. I mean, that can't be right. the answer. That would be the answer, you know, last year or the year before. That can't be the answer this year. Okay, so you got to upgrade in the outfield. You got upgrade first base and you got upgrade starting pitching. You definitely need to add two, if not three. That's that's how I look at this. That's five players, right? You got five players in a payroll that's sitting about the mid forty millions right now. If everything goes the way it's supposed to go with arbitration pre pre arbitration, what's currently on the the payroll according to Spot Track, and then you got five players, all right. And and if you if you went out and you spent fifteen million dollars uh, on each one of those on each one of those players, okay you'd be a little bit over, what, a $100 million payroll. So you probably, like, let's say $10 million on each one of them. $10 million on each one of those positions, on average, gets you at $90 million for next year. Which is kind of crazy to imagine. I mean, it's <laughs> payroll flexibility. I mean, that, that you've said it. and, and I mean, it's, cra me it's crazy. I'm just saying, and not, all, not every position is going to cost you $10 million, right? You could probably find the outfielder you need for seven or eight. It's probably that you could probably find the, the you know you could probably have your low end starting pitcher at eight million dollars. I, I don't want to say like like I'm trying to think of guys that got signed the, to one year prove it deals last year. Mike Clevenger, who I brought up, is still stuck in my mind. I think he was eight million dollars last year, right, for a back end rotation spot. So 
you don't have to spend $10 million on each one of them if you just average $10 million on all of them. That's where you would end up with your payroll. And if you could if you could pull off a trade with some of the depth that you have with minor league positions, you could actually reduce that cost as well. So I don't think that it I don't think it's unreasonable if the Pirates are legit interested in becoming a real major league baseball team again for them to go out and take care of those five positions and to be able to add at those positions and to be able to add quality at those positions and go out and win. It it just depends on whether or not their owner is going to continue to be cheap. And, and whether or not they, you know, if they, that's really it. Is the owner going to be cheap? And if the owner is going to continue to be cheap, then you got to start dealing some of your prospects that you may have fallen in love with, Craig, to be able to fill those positions. Because you got five easily that you need to go fill this offseason. First base, outfield, three pitchers. I haven't even looked at the bullpen yet because I don't really care about bullpens. Yeah. And, and for some reason, I, I feel like Pirates fans, I mean, I just on and off, like off note here, or I guess sidebar. Pirates fans love bullpens. They do. Like every single year, it's like, well, we've got David Bednar and we've got, you know, Carmen Majinski and we've got Colin Holderman and we've got Dowry Moretta and we've got all this. And then, I mean, miraculously, like within a couple years, it's like, well, we got this guy and we got this. It's, it's, they're always changing. I don't, I even, don't, worry even, don't yeah, even worry about I, bullpens. Don't even worry about bullpens. If you're competing, I'm going to tell you, this is my, this is my prediction. This is my crazy out of left field tinfoil hat prediction for the Pirates. The Pirates go out and they fill those five positions. They come out, they start winning baseball games. They're halfway through the year and suddenly coming off of all of his Tommy John and ready to start pitching again, the comeback player of the year this year, who already fought off cancer, comes off of Tommy John is available to start pitching in like August and you've got payroll available and you go sign for a couple of months Liam Hendricks at the back end of your bullpen. Would that fix everything? Would that fix everything for you? Would you be okay with your bullpen at that point? Just add him in. I mean, I mean, I, I would be excited. Because you're, you're competing. Because you're competing. And then you can get a guy yeah. like that who's actually being paid this year because of the opt-out that he had. And the money wouldn't matter. He'd just want to go someplace and win. And he would be available most likely because I don't know who's signing him to not even be available until August. So he probably just rehabs for a while and then shows up halfway through the year. Yeah, and the crazy part is, is people that like, you know, praise bullpens during during the off seasons i mean don't they realize that the most needed things at you know the trade deadline and one of the things that you know bring back the most prospects and whatever it would be is bullpen arms because that's what people need they need starting pitching and bullpen arms to like get them through the season get them through whatever so even if this is the bullpen that starts the beginning of the year you can I mean, buy at some bullpen. point in time, you right. you get that towards the end of that. And sometimes you're getting it for, you know, what would be like your your higher valued prospects, but maybe are lower down in the system. Well, and I also mean, think we about did it that this for way. years. Think about it this way. Your starting pitchers can, all, you know, if you have depth in starting pitching or some of these young guys come along, that will bolster your bullpen as the year goes on. And when you go to the postseason, I want to say that the Diamondbacks basically used three starting pitchers and moved everybody else into the bullpen, right? Like their bullpen was a bunch of guys who were starters who now only had to worry about going through the order one time. And look at the run that they made when they did it because they have so much young starting pitching that they moved a lot of them that played start that were starting pitchers in the bullpen roles when it came time to make their postseason run when they were finally in the playoffs. So I wouldn't, you don't need to fill every bullpen role. You really don't. That's not how baseball works anymore. 
you know, have good starting pitching, be solid around the, you know, around the, the, you know, on the field, be really solid up the middle. Okay. And then as the season progresses, a team like the Pirates that has so much depth in their minor league system and so many young players that people are going to be sitting there saying, well, I'll take this guy. I'll take that guy. You could pick up an arm. And then if you make it into the postseason, now you rotate some of those young arms that you saw come along in the back half of the year that finally made it up here. They rotate into the bullpen. Or one of those starting pitchers you picked up, he he loses his spot in the rotation because somebody really proved themselves, and that guy rotates into the bullpen. Bullpens don't bother me at all. you got five positions you got to fix. Three starters, a first baseman, and an outfielder. You do that, this is a playoff team. Yeah, bullpens don't bother me, and neither do any of the uh, waiver things that the Pirates did, which we didn't even get to because guess what? It's not like we really lost anybody. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. I'm telling you, man, I, look, it's right there. Years of pain and waiting to see what happens. It's right there. It's all about now whether or not they'll spend some money and make the moves. I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing.